Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. since your mother and I brought you home that day from the orphanage. I am not adopted. I know, I know, but please allow me that little fantasy. Old pal, I'd rather take a place on this plane. If you see some very dangerous and primitive people are after me and I have no money and have nowhere to run. Lawrence Bourne III joined the Peace Corps. Not to save the world, but to save his own skin. So this is hell. Tom Tuttle, Tacoma, Washington. In a week, I'll have that town run like Pittsburgh! Volunteers. That's right, that's right. Rich American, huh? It's not that I can't help these people, it's just that I don't want to. You mean you've just been trying to go to bed with me? Well, I think I put in the hours, don't you? Their mission. We will build bridge. Is goodwill. Progress. What did they say? Move this log and I'll sleep with each one of you. Blackjack is the game. Free enterprise. Place your bet. Diplomacy. I'm gonna go. You know where you are. I'm in the clutches of the angry pink menace. You will be educated. That will be a challenge. The enemy of the people are all those in league with imperialism. That bridge is important to us. Yes. Opium is money. The bridge mean more traffic. Time is money. You said opium was money. Money is money. Well, then what is time again? People's army must become one with the people. We'll show those warmongers. We'll just blow the bridge to bits. What have I done? How's this gonna look on my resume? Who's gonna hire me? Volunteers. <laughs> one did. I'm back. Whoa. One didn't. Thailand. Tom Hanks. John Candy. Volunteers. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Volunteers from 1985. The studio was TriStar Pictures. Remember seeing the horse in the or the unicorn or whatever that is? <laughs> I used to love seeing that on video. Anyway, release date was August 16th, 1985. The running time, 107 minutes, with the rating of R. The budget was $10 million, and the box office took in $19.8 million, making it the 45th ranked movie of 1985. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 58% rotten from 12 reviews. Roger Ebert didn't bother to give a review, so we have Walter Goodman from the New York Times who gave a review at the time. And I have an abbreviated review because I removed all the plot points because that's my job. So I'll just re- you know read what he said at the time that doesn't give away the plot. Take a healthy helping of Raiders of the Lost Ark, a dollop of the bridge on the River Kwai, a dash of any Tarzan movie, a soup con of Casablanca, a whiff of The Wizard of Oz, and a stun or two from a favorite Saturday cereal, stir frenetically, and if you're lucky enough to have a snappy dialogue by Ken Levine and David Isaacs, you may end up with a movie as funny as Volunteers. Although the movie begins with film clips of icons of the early 1960s, the spirit is very much of the 80s. 
but a little melancholy may blend with the laughter volunteers draws at the expense of those earnest days when a president was urging people to ask what they could do for their country. And that's kind of the abbreviated review from there. I'll get into the actual plot point. So I was drawn to volunteers as a kid because I loved the movie Splash, which also starred Tom Hanks and John Candy. However, the charm of Splash is totally missing for volunteers, so I get that. But it's still a fun movie, but you have a feeling that it could have been better. Uh, To be honest, I hadn't seen this movie in years, but then I was at Big Lots, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, and they always had a DVD section. I think they still do. And it was $3, so how am I going to turn that down? And how can I pass that up? And that's all part of this podcast. If it's in my DVD collection, we're going to talk about it. How about that? All right, let's get into the main cast. Of course, you have Tom Hanks. He plays Lawrence Bourne III. I pretty much covered Tom Hanks' early career in the Splash episode, so check that out. But basically, from Splash to Volunteers, he appeared in two more fun comedies, The Raucous Bachelor Party and then The Man with the One Red Shoe. John Candy plays Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, and like Hanks, I covered everything up to that point in the Splash episode and Summer Rentals, so check those out. Tom Hanks is good in volunteers like he always is, but Candy really steals the show in this film. Rita Wilson plays Beth Wexler, and Wilson began her career acting mostly on TV shows in the 1970s, though her film debut was actually in Cheech and Chong's next movie in a very small role. She actually met Tom Hanks for the first time on the set of Boo Some Buddies, and then they later reconnected on Volunteers. And then they ended up marrying in 1988, and they're still together today. Volunteers was only Wilson's second movie in her first big role. The director was Nicholas Meyer, and he started as a screenwriter in the 1970s. His directorial debut was actually Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, from 1982. The next year, he directed the much-talked-about TV movie The Day After, which was about a small town in Kansas after a nuclear holocaust. And then his next film was Volunteers. So the film begins with the famous John F. Kennedy speech, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And then they play, you know, clips of early 1960s while the song Blue Moon plays. And then you see a montage of surfing, uh, Doris Day and Rock Hudson, Alka-Seltzer commercials, the astronauts, civil rights marches, Fidel Castro, Chairman Mao, Marilyn Monroe, Ed Sullivan, Gas that was only 23 cents at the time, the Peace Corps, the Twist, the dance, I mean, Space Rockets, the Pope, Troops Landing in Vietnam, Ozzy and Harriet, Roger Maris hitting his 61st home run, and Bill Russell's Boston Celtics. So Lawrence, that's Tom Hanks, is a spoiled rich kid going to Yale who has amassed a huge gambling debt to a local bookie who also runs an illegal casino out of the back room of a bar. Lawrence is always bailed out by his family, who are incredibly wealthy and own a huge textiles business in Maine. So Lawrence decides to bet double or nothing of his $14,000 debt on the Lakers against the Celtics in the 1962 NBA Finals. Considering that the Celtics were one of the most dominating franchises in the history of sports during this era, you know the outcome is not going to be good for Lawrence. So during his college graduation, Lawrence is listening to the game on a transistor radio. Also, the bookies just happen to be at his graduation. So the Lakers, no surprise, end up losing by three, meaning he lost by a point because the Celtics were giving two. Lawrence now has one day to pay his $28,000 debt. He's desperate, so he goes to his father, played by George Plimpton. Well, Lawrence, how have things been for the last four years? Fine. 
I need $28,000 to pay off a gambling debt, or else I'm a dead man. Don't worry, though. It will never happen again. $28,000? Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't surprise me very much. You've been a constant source of embarrassment, irritation, ever since your mother and I brought you home that day from the orphanage. Orphanage? Father, I am not adopted. I am your son. I know, I know, I know, but please allow me that little fantasy. I need the money. No, not ever. You're going to have to learn to be responsible for yourself and to others. This is an ideal step in that direction. See, they're coming to break my hips, Father. Son, in the years to come, you'll thank me for the gift of self-reliance. And in the meantime, if that should come to pass, you'll simply have to learn to uh, use one of those, uh, what do they call them? A walker. Lawrence, uh, Dad, you don't seem to understand. I have nowhere else to turn. If I don't give them 28 grand by midnight tonight, they're going to beat the holy crap out of me. You know what upset me about the graduation ceremonies? was how tacky the university grounds looked. The lawns looked as if they needed to be seeded. Trees weren't as ancestral. I don't suppose this occurred to you, did it? You are a true peckerhead. There's a gentleman here to see Lawrence III. Uh, Mr. Cicero. He's here for the money. Well, he's, he's not going to get it. Mr. Cicero, Mr. Lawrence Bourne, Jr. Good evening. I'm sorry you've had to drive all the way up here, but I'm sure we can conclude these matters really very quickly. What do you say to a 4% interest? For uh, five years, and let's say a down payment of $5,000, which I'm quite sure that Lawrence can get to you within the week. Out of my way, you peckerhead. So if you didn't know, George Plimpton was famous in the 1960s as a writer uh, competing as an amateur against world-class athletes. Like his novel Paper Lion was a huge bestseller about his experience in the Detroit Lions training camp in 1963 where he did actually make uh, where he did actually take a few snaps in a scrimmage game. His novel was later adapted to a movie in 1968 starring Alden Alda. Plimpton also pulled off one of the best April Fool's pranks in 1985 where he wrote an article for Sports Illustrated about a baseball pitcher named Sid Finch who threw over 160 miles per hour and was part of the New York Mets training camp. So his full name was supposed to be Sidhartha Finch who wore a heavy boot on one foot and was a practicing Buddhist with a largely unknown background. The popularity of this article led to a full-length book about the character. All right, back to the movie. Lawrence is now on the run from the bookies and decides to use his roommate's name by joining the Peace Corps and then heads to Thailand. He has to give up his girl and his car in a trade, but it's better than being killed by the bookies. So Lawrence gets on the plane and ends up sitting next to Tom Tuttle from Tacoma. Of course, that's John Candy. He's also on the plane. And Tom's got this chatty nature that's very much like John Candy's character in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Sorry. It's been a hell of a day, and if you don't mind, I just didn't sleep through this whole thing. That's a good man. No problem. <laughs> no turning back now, huh? <laughs> no siree. <laughs> yeah, two years or bust. <laughs> Tom Tuttle, Tacoma, Washington. Oh, Lawrence, born to Hi, Larry. What's your specialty? Mine's engineering. Washington State, 3.95. But summa cum laude. 
I've also dabbled extensively in a relatively new field, psychological and motivational management. You ever heard of it? Not many people have, really. In a nutshell, it teaches you to manipulate human behavior to achieve maximum productivity. I'm the first expert on it in the Peace Corps history. The higher-ups have got a lot of hope for it. A challenge? You bet it is. But I'm ready for it. You know, I was president of the uh, Engineers Club, treasurer of the Honor Society. Then, of course, uh, I was uh, Youth of the Year in Tacoma twice. Stewardess! I was public works chairman there Stewardess. for a while uh, with, the, with the boys' state. Yes, hi. Uh, I need to send I got a, all the telegrams right now. This I don't know if you felt the same way I did. When I got out of well, school, Well, I suppose I can relay something to the captain. Really you can pass it on along. Fine. Get this down. And uh, that's when I looked at um, the Peace Corps. To uh, Lawrence yeah, Bourne, Junior, number one Bourne Lane, Imagine Derry, and Connecticut. Just like Lawrence, have made grave error, have joined Peace Corps and gone to Thailand. Please arrange for my immediate return. Uh, your loving son, blah, 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 Lawrence. Are you sure about this? Do I look like I'm associated with this hootenanny? <clears throat> okay. Thank you. And when you come back, bring me anything with alcohol. Let's not pull any punches. We're both men, right? We're both adults. Let's just say it. You're scared. And you've got a perfect right to be. Albert Speer once said, fear is victory's fuel. Oh, you spend a few years with me, pal, and we're gonna turn that fear into high octane. So after a long trip from New York to Paris to Italy, Lawrence gets up to stretch his legs and to avoid Tom Tuttle for a bit and finds an open seat next to Beth Wexler. That's Rita Wilson. So Hanks' accent is similar to Cary Grant, and it's kind of sort of amusing to hear it. He spends the rest of his trip from Italy to Thailand chatting up Beth, but his ulterior motives are to hook up with her. Beth, now we've been Mooneyite since Istanbul. Why fight it? Kent... Why are you doing this? I thought we were becoming friends. Well, this is what I do with my friends. You mean you've just been trying to go to bed with me? Well, I think I've put in the hours, don't you? You are the most crass, arrogant human being I have ever met in my life! Hold that thought for just one minute. Tammy! Tammy. How would you like to see a bit of Bangkok for you this evening? Have a little dinner, maybe a few drinks, then who knows? Oh, my God. Oh, I'd love to, Lawrence, but I'm engaged. Come on, Larry, let's get a move on it. Lawrence? Oh, I didn't tell you, did I? Yeah, Lawrence, born the third. See, Kent and I had to change places, nasty matter of large-scale gambling debt. Uh, by the way, you, you were right about him. Oh. Just, just get out of my way. You, you Ivy League schlemiel! I think you're taking the narrow view. But I guess I should have known. Just another sexually repressed, guilt-ridden Jewish maid running off to hide in the Peace Corps so she won't have to face men. Oh. What did I say? Once the group lands, they're greeted by John Reynolds, played by the great Tim Thomerson, who was the lead guy for the U.S. Agricultural Mission. Excuse me. 
I'm uh, just going by height, of course, but uh, are you in charge here? Yes, uh, John Reynolds. Oh, Lawrence Bourne the third, Johnny. Bourne, I've got a telegram for you. Hmm, last chance. Over my dead body. Interesting. You must have some friends in pretty high places, Bourne. Yeah, well, we uh, do consider Washington our general store. Damnest thing you ever saw, training wave, location approval. Just like that, you're officially in the Peace Corps. This is ridiculous, really. No, I, I am obviously not of, of Peace Corps fiber. It's not that I, I, I can't help these people. It's just that I don't want to. You know, looking at you, I think two years of Lung Tom might do you some good. Hi, Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, Washington. Where do we saddle up for Lung Tom? He's going to. Hey, Larry! Yeah, I'll be taking you all by a chopper. <laughs> chopper! Holy cow! All right, I call shotgun on this one. I got tips on that, Larry. Sorry. <laughs> Tom Tuttle, Tacoma, Washington. Hi, Beth. Hey! Lung Tao, come on, I'll give you a hand over here. <laughs> That's great. I'm stationed with him. John, for what I'm about to do, you should be ashamed. I'd like to go home, please. Please, can I go home? Please, just let me go home. Can I go home? Thomerson's a great character actor, and I first saw him in the 1984, very underrated film, Rhinestone, with Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone. As usual, John Candy is a delight whenever he's on screen. Loon is one of the most primitive villages in the Golden Triangle. We get a bridge across their river and change the villagers' life a hundredfold. We want you three to concentrate on the building of that bridge. Tom will obviously be in charge of that. You also find we've laid in all the equipment you'll need for the job. Tables, saws, axes, blueprints, you name it. It's a god! In a week, I'll have that town running like Pittsburgh! Now, the jungle's pretty dense. I wouldn't wander too far from the village. There's comic gorillas nearby. You'll also hear talk about an old Chinese warlord black marketeer who runs a whole upper river. We better not take any chances then! Or run up an American flag! That ought to scare them! Well, in the end, you're just gonna have to rely on each other. This is Ah Po. He is the elder of Lung Ta. Oh, he's. My God, he's blind. Well, we're too late to help him, maybe the next generation. Helen Keller was once asked whether she'd rather have her hearing or her sight restored. She said, her hearing, cause being deaf is so lonely. You're one lucky guy. Yes, you. Oh, he looks so wise, so old. He's probably 30. Well, let me tell you this, in his whole life, he never once set foot on the other side of that river. Well, we've got to build that bridge then, and for no other reason. Well, everything's taken care of here. They've even prepared a couple of huts for you. Other than that, you're on your own. You're not going right now, are you? Hell, I'll be back in a month. My work is done here. Or maybe sooner. If y'all need me, you got the radio. Until then, back on this. Goodbye. Ah, we're gonna miss his wit around here. Look out, Lung Ta, here we come. 
So their assignment is to build a bridge for the local villagers. In the meantime, they're also trying to teach the villagers some skills to help them out. Unfortunately, Beth's Thai language skills aren't up to par as she tells them boiling water can kill you germs. Germs are what makes sickness, and that is why we want to kill you. <laughs> so there's a pause between instead of killing germs, she's calling them germs. So Tom Tuttle tries to convince the villagers to chop down trees near the bridge site, but that does not go over well, and they find out why from At Tune, played by Getty Watanabe. The psychological motivation course you took, did you find that on the back of a matchbook cover? I don't understand it. I explained the bridge, everything was a-okay. I mentioned the teakwood we'd be using, and they went heathen on me. The problem is, you're an asshole. All right, let's not get personal. Who said that? Well, it should have been me. You're an asshole, Peace Corps guy. You can't cut down those trees. They're sacred. The spirit that guards the village live in those trees. Don't they teach you nothing? You might be just a marvelous mimic. <laughs> you, you, you speak English? good as him you better pick another set of trees because no one touches those champ <laughs> champ, champ. <laughs> who are you i'm Atune. i spent four years in american school in bangkok i'm the sharpest thing this village ever seen so they sent me big deal less headaches here <laughs> astonishing believe it hot rod that wood is teak wood, yeah. the strongest fiber we can find. If we can finish building this bridge, you won't need to worry about spirits, little man. I wrote Why do you guys think you can come here and turn everything upside down? This is not American city where you put up an Empire State Building over a weekend, you know. We have a certain way of doing things here. We don't rush, rush, rush. Oh, these are my kind of people. Oh. All right, there's some wood over there that looks fairly sturdy. All right, all of you, yo! Speak English. More walking, less talking. At. Lodsborn the third, ugly American. Lawrence and At hit it off as At shares a joint with them. Lawrence likes to say, "This isn't the dung of your ancestor, is it?" <laughs> Lawrence teaches the villagers card tricks instead of life skills. In the meantime, while scouting trees to cut down for bridge wood, Tom Tuttle runs into a tiger and then falls into a tiger trap, which is set by the local guerrilla fighters. By the way, uh, Getty Watanabe, you probably remember him as Long Duck Dong in 16 Candles. He, of course, is also in the movie UHF as Cooney, Wheel of Fish. So Lawrence decides to keep up with his old habits and is playing cards with the locals. Normal money isn't really exchanged as a dead rooster is lying on the card table. Everything is going swimmingly until the local drug lord, Chung Mi, decides that he wants into the game. I wish to get into the game. You're in, you're in. Uh, you put up some of that fruit salad and I'll put up a cone. You ever seen one of these? Asshole, do you know who you're talking to? That's Chung Mi. He runs the black market. He runs everything. He comes into this village. We give him whatever he wants. He is a motherfucker. This is the black market. 
Mr. Me! <laughs> Lawrence Bourne III. I really must apologize for my rudeness, although the hair does look ridiculous. I didn't know who you were, but I've heard an awful lot about you. I was just graduated from Yale, class of 62. Gee, you didn't let me finish! Go get the government class! Go get the government class! Don't kill me, don't kill me! I'm not a woman yet! What a break this is at meeting him face to face and getting taken right to his home. Ha! I'm not gonna let him off easy either. I'm gonna ask for a major share of the pie. They say he has a testicle collection. Oh, come on, he's not gonna hurt us. If he wanted to kill us, we would have been dead on the spot. Well, maybe he didn't like us enough to do that. No, no, this is capitalism at its most prime. What's capitalism? Oh, at sometimes you Asian people just slay me, really. Chung Mi wants the bridge built in order to export his opium business easier and faster. He gives Lawrence six weeks to build the bridge or Lawrence is dead, though he's probably going to get killed regardless. The next day, Lawrence gives an inspirational speech to the workers. This bridge is going to last forever. Sapani pai. Your children and your children's children will use it and remember you. In America, bridges are monuments. People come from all over to visit them, to admire them, to end their lives off them. Now you people are so gosh darn lucky to have this opportunity. Gosh darn, Maktimi Okadni. Take advantage of it. Choi Mawaisa. Seize it. Choi Mawaisa. And work quickly, thank you. Kapkuma. Just put a stick in the ground. John, welcome back to our little corner of the world. Tom Tuttle, in the meantime, was captured by the local communist militia, who are not fans of the United States. Tom is recruited and brainwashed into buying into the commie rhetoric. As it turns out, the militia wants the bridge built, too, so they can have easy access to spread the word to join their cause. All right, so it's the 80s, so of course we get a nice montage of trees being toppled over by elephants while the villagers turn the wood into the structure of a bridge. After the two-minute montage, the bridge is magically built. So Tom Hanks' character is also a little bit of Rick from Casablanca as he creates a makeshift Rick's <laughs> nightclub in the village and calls it Lawrence's and sort of has a date with Beth who is starting to warm up a bit to him. Unfortunately for Lawrence, John also has a flame for her, but he's also working for the CIA. And of course, he has also motives about the bridge. Thomerson's great in this scene. John has come marching home. John, oh my God, you scared the hell out of me. You want to know all about me, Beth? Tonight's the night. John, the clown outfit aside, I don't think this is very funny. Oh, this is no clown outfit. This is my business suit. I beg your pardon? Things are starting to happen, Beth, and I want you at my side when they do. There's more to me than just a pencil-pushing Aggie advisor. You see, Beth, I'm not with the rinky-dinky Peace Corps. I'm with the company, the A-Team. You might know it as the CIA. John, 
Listen, I like the fact that you're quiet. Why do you feel you have to play these weird little jokes on me? You're not listening to me. Your Johnny's in charge of a joint operation that means to eliminate the communist element in that jungle. The bridge y'all built will make it a much easier task. You'll have nothing to worry about, though. You'll be perfectly safe. Me and Mike will see to that. Now, come on, Beth. How can you resist a man in a uniform? You're crazy. <laughs> I have to beat out smart those little pink pagans. They're going to be shocked out of their sarongs when they see what we've got in store for them. Operation Red Belly, Beth. Operation Red Belly. Very soon, a convoy of trucks is going to roll over that bridge y'all built. And once this spot is leveled, this village will become an airstrip, a lair, if you will, from which we'll be able to strike it at all hot spots all up and down the Delta. Strong, swift strikes, one after another. Again, again, and again. Where's that uh, Burmese prince I gave you? I looked through your drawers and I, I couldn't find it. John, get out of my way. Where are you going? To Radio Bangkok. Really, it's for your own good. I think you might have malaria or something. Beth, please. Don't push me now. Don't touch me! You touch me, and you and Mike will get 20 years each. Beth, I must tell you in all candor, I don't like what I'm hearing. on a chloroform. Beth, honey, your monk's friend. In the meantime, Chung Mi sends his bodyguard, Lucille, who has her Freddy Krueger-like nails, to pay off Lawrence and also kill him. At Toon saves Lawrence and finds out that Beth is kidnapped by John, who is likely working with the drug lords. Tom Tuttle's useless at this point because he's been brainwashed by the commie militia, so At Toon and Lawrence have to try to save Beth alone in Chung Mi's palace. All right, so do they save Beth and get back to the United States? It's a ridiculous 80s comedy. What do you think? I will say that there is a nod to the bridge on the River Kwai for the ending, just like the reviewer said. A few will get this reference. But, is you know, is this the best Tom Hanks and John Candy movie? Absolutely not. But it's fun to watch, and it has its moments. And, and for me, anything from the 1980s is pretty much better than anything new comedy-wise these days when it comes to movies. So I'll leave you with these Tim Thomerson gems. You can't do this to me. I'm very rich and I have certain rights. Shit! You ain't nothing now, boy. You really thought you was gonna come up here and save this girl? You just a smart-talking little piece of turd. You've been taking up space. Say your prayers, boy. Don't move. Not an inch. Born, this is the end of the line. You make one move towards me, and I'll signal my friends down there, then they'll blow us both to kingdom come and... Hey, wait a minute. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to skin you. And I'm going to use your shin bone for a pencil box. Ain't nobody around this time, born. It's just you, me, and Mike. Well, that's fair. Stand up. All right, some fun facts. The director, Nicholas Meyer, stated that the director of the Peace Corps, Sergeant Shriver, read the script and complained that it was like spitting on the American flag, and he demanded changes. The changes were never made, but by the time the film was released, Shriver was no longer the director, and the Peace Corps officials were willing to endorse the movie. Never kowtow to the bigwigs. 
The scene in which Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks enjoy Coca-Cola was criticized as product placement as TriStar was a unit of Columbia Pictures, who was then owned by the Coca-Cola company. Even though it came off as Cary Grant accent-wise, the Lawrence Bourne the third character was actually modeled on a young Bob Hope with that kind of false bravado and style. He is a great comic character, according to the film's writers. Also, the inflection was based on George Plimpton's voice, which is very similar. Believe it or not, the film debuted at number two at the U.S. box office, probably built on the success of Splash and Tom Hanks and John Candy. All right, so we have Sonny Pooney, who is guesting. He likes this movie. He, of course, is from the Grown Up Rock podcast and also Podcast Rock City, which is based on Kiss. So we'll talk to him about volunteers, and then I will be back next week to talk about yet another random movie. You better believe it's random from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast. How you doing, Sonny? I'm doing good in the Bay Area now, baby. Permanently. I, I know. This makes it so much easier for time schedules and things like that. We love our Bay Area. Yeah, we're only really probably about, what, 40, 50 miles apart, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But until we can get out of the lockdown, we can't see each other. We're going to have to stick with <laughs> Skype, unfortunately. That's right. <laughs> so one thing, another thing we can't really do at this point is volunteer and go <laughs> go and travel. But we have this movie that I don't know if a lot of people have seen, crazy enough, called Volunteers from 1985. When did you first see it? Uh, this was a total rental. Uh, mm-hmm. My best friend worked at like a blockbuster, I think. I think that's what he worked at. And uh, okay. this was one of those rentals we got one night drinking. You you have to watch this movie drunk a little bit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's funny because I, I don't know if it, rewatching it, I, I don't know if it holds up. But I guess it does hold up. But it's just, I, I love Tom Hanks so much. I love John Candy that you think it almost should be better than it is, but it's still entertaining, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the mo- the story holds up. You know, mm-hmm. whether the movie holds up, uh, the Playboy after the Good Girl, you know, all that stuff, alpha male involvement, like that's that's a normal storyline. So that holds sure. up. The way the movie's produced and stuff like that, and the weird, like you don't really see too many spoof movies anymore. So I don't right. know if spoof movies really hold up anymore. Yeah, and Tom Hanks was totally going for that almost Cary Grant type of vibe, you know. Yeah, that you know, we'll get to criticisms, but I'll share one now. His sure. accent goes in and out, which is it <laughs> it's it's unfortunate, right? Because yeah. at times you're getting bachelor party Tom Hanks, and at times you're supposed to get this like super, uh, you know, well-to-do son of a rich guy Tom Hanks. Right. Right. So I think a lot of people, if they went back, you know, like they knew Tom Hanks from all the Academy Award winning movies and then they watched this, they're like, whoa, it's like, where did Tom <laughs> Hanks come from? But yeah, he was a super young actor at this point. Yeah, I was a huge Bosom Buddies fan. Of course, I love Bachelor Party. Um, sure. And later on, you know, I love Money Pit and Big. He got a little serious for me after a while. So I started, I stopped kind of watching Tom Hanks movies, but uh, uh, Catch Me If You Can, love that movie. Oh, right. Brilliant. So. Yeah, but if uh, if you're watching them in some of these other, uh, well, even Forrest Gump, and you go back and find this movie, it's like, what the hell happened? Yeah, and you 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 forget that like you know, so it started with Splash with John Candy and and Tom Hanks, and then this was the next movie, and Splash was such a huge hit that I think a lot of people thought it would just keep carrying over. Um, yeah, this it, it it is a it is a fun movie though. I mean, but it, it is of the time. Like, do you know anyone that joins the Peace Corps anymore? <laughs> Uh, is there still one? I would assume, but yeah, it was a big thing in the 60s because that was a big John F. Kennedy thing, you know, the Peace Corps. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was uh, when I was watching it the other day, I'm like, wait a second, why why all this sixty stuff on TV at the beginning? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. This thing is set about twenty five years or twenty years before it's actually put out. I forgot right. about that when I watched it again. And that's always weird with the kind of the period piece of that time, because a lot of the 80s movies were going back to the 50s and the 60s, but they still kind of got that 80s sheen. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, because when he uh, he mentions a couple of superheroes in the movie, right, when uh, Tom's missing, he says, go get the Flash and Green Hornet. And I'm like, why? Why did he pick those two? Like, you could have picked Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, oh, I forgot. It's 62. So I don't know how big those guys are. Right, right. So, how did you feel about the acting in the film, and and who are your who are some of your favorite characters? Yeah, I would say um, acting in the film overall is okay. Like I said, Tom's Tom's uh, accent going in and out is a little weird. Right, John Candy overdoes it a little bit. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Rita Wilson in a lot of movies. I do like uh, her character in this movie, and uh, uh, it's probably one of my favorite movies by her. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say Rita's probably my favorite character. With uh, I think his first name is Getty. At oh two, yeah, get, get, right? yeah, Getty uh, Getty Watanabe, of course, was Long yeah, Duck yeah. Dong on Weird Science, yeah, or not Weird yeah, Science, yeah. Uh, Sixteen Candles, yeah. And Gung Ho, my favorite. Gung Ho, yeah, one of my favorites. So I would say those two characters are probably my favorite. But uh, the Chung Mi. I, I got to, you know, that whole, we all must do what we must do for if we do not, then what we must do does not get done. Like stuff like that. That's gold right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really, really good. And I do like the Tim Thomerson character, you know, kind of that, that double agent. Um, he, he was good in the eighties too. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, the knife, was that off of Matt, the knife? Was that what he was doing there? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, he gets his in the end, but yeah, it was pretty funny. I was going to say, John Candy brainwashing didn't take too long. No, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, there, there's your point about the overacting. He kind of overdid it there. But I think that's kind of the fun part. Like, I, I think I let John Candy get away with it more than Tom Hanks in this movie. Yeah, and especially, you know, Tom, uh, well, Tom Tuttle from Tacoma selling yes. himself as a psychological motivational management guy. I'm like, first of all, I think that's the job I have. And second, <laughs> if you got that job, man, brainwashing worked on you way too quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of your other favorite scenes in this film? Was that a full plate of fortune cookies I saw? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> it, it, that's That wouldn't pass today. Like, you couldn't get away with that today. No, no. Um, I love the, she went to the jungle with John. He he kind of forgot to say it wasn't willingly. He didn't notice that she was, Rita was passed out. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, there the are discrepancies. Yeah. yeah. The Coke commercial was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that John Candy drops a knife in front of the tiger. Like the tiger knows the difference. He doesn't know that a knife is, does a tiger know that a knife is dangerous to him or her? Probably not. They're going straight for the meat. And uh, Tom Tuttle was definitely a, a good dinner for them. <laughs> <laughs> I love the conditions from the friend when he takes over the Peace Corps mission, the girl in the car. And, you know, love it that Tom Hanks got no problem with the girl, but the car was like angst, which that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and definitely the villainess who had the crazy long nails. She was definitely freaky. Yeah. Um, oh, and I uh, got reminded of a story. So. 
when Hanks is graduating and he's listening to the earpiece and he's listening mm. to the basketball game, right? Right. Um, one of the jokes I tell sometimes, a true story, is if the iPod was invented while I was in high school, I don't graduate because <laughs> in Miss Isom's English class, because I absolutely hated English, I would have an earpiece to my right ear. It would be, it was a darker color. So it matched my skin. It would come through my clothes. So you couldn't tell it was there. Uh-huh. I would have an auto reverse cassette player in my pocket <laughs> and is playing scorpions love at first thing. And then I know exactly when to cough, when the thing flips, when the cassette flips, <laughs> right? So it just reminded me of that story while I was watching them. You know, it's so funny, you know, with, I used to do the same thing for certain classes. My Spanish class, I definitely found it inventive ways. And and looking back, if I had spent the amount of time actually studying compared to the amount of time coming up with a good way to cheat, I would have been gold. But that's not the way it worked back then. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's how we were. You know, you learn, live and learn. And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I couldn't imagine the technology today. I, I don't know how teachers deal with it. Yeah, because there's there's times I'll text one of my daughters and say, hey, when you get to recess, you know, call me or text me back. And two seconds later, I get text back and I'm thinking, wait a second, aren't you in like ancient history class? (laughs) Exactly. I think that the teachers just kind of give up. It's like if you if you I don't know, maybe unless you did it like, you know, the certain stand up comedy places where you have to put your bag or your phone in a bag and it just shuts it off. Uh, Liability issue if they do that, too, in schools now. Yeah, I have no idea. I think uh, they just kind of take it away if you abuse it. But I guess if you're not abusing it, it's not a problem. Yeah, I definitely cheating, I think. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would no, find no. Place. Yeah. <laughs> so would you recommend this movie or is it something like, OK, if you're a huge Tom Hanks fan, you've seen them all, but you haven't seen this one. Check it out type of thing. I would say it's a feel good movie. It's a feel good <laughs> movie that if you're a Hanks and Candy fan, which, uh, by the way, it's hard to believe he's been gone 26 years. I know. It's so sad. Yeah. Um, if yeah, if you're a, a Hanks and Candy fan, you should check it out. And if you watch Splash, I would say you probably enjoy the movie. It's a little more spoofy than Flat, uh, Splash was, but uh, it's worth a watch. It was fun to watch it again. Yeah, and it's similar to uh, Summer Rental. There was a movie that, that John Candy starred in. It was just, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. It's a simple, fun movie that used to be on cable a lot. And uh, they just don't make movies like this anymore because it's just not in the budget. People aren't going to pay $15 to see kind of a simple movie like this. Yeah, and plus the star power it has. I mean, you'd have to get two relatively unknown actors to do it. It'd be uh, straight to DVD or streaming film, or it'd be something released on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, right? Exactly, exactly. So, as always, thank you so much, Sonny, and you're going to be back on real soon. Yeah, uh, the well is deep, and I wish you well. (laughs) Thank you, Sonny. This is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to, that's the Growing Up Rock Podcast, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up.
Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the Bad Beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie Memories. <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to tpublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to tpublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the Antolacahala. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original, Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>